There's the summer's fading out, which means the mega canners are fading in, and there's no better way to greet the onset of autumn than a lovely old Bavarian folk festival. But what's this? A highly strung right-wing populist who's definitely not an anti-Semite ranting in one of the beer tents? No way! Plus a fucking change! Plus a fucking Christian Lindner's new budget in the loveless coalition marriage. Luckily, we have our lovely old megas, or the will to live might have left us already. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. It's finally time for a new episode of Megan's Megacan. I'm very excited to be here with Conrad Werner, who's just finishing off a gummy bear, so I'm trying to keep talking. (laughs) Hi, Conrad. Hello. <laughs> it's so nice to see you. How have you been? Oh, a lovely summer. Very relaxing. Got away a bit. Wandered around the moors. I went to visit the Brontes house in Did Howarth. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> with, with my mum. That was nice. That sounds really good. Yeah. Did you great. do uh, Heathcliff? Yeah, Wuthering Heights, sort <laughs> banging of on. dancing around. Not banging on the window, smashing the window. Oh, Wuthering yeah. Heights has been. Sort of... Kathy's ghost. Sanitised by that song. It's <laughs> fucking mental. It's yeah. just abusive relationship after abusive relationship. Yeah. But I went to their house. It's quite interesting. Yeah. You can see it because it's, quite, it's not, a, not a big house and you can see where... Because they all kind of died in there as well. So it's kind of... And, and yeah. they wrote all the books and everything. And you can see the children's room and they drew on the walls. Really? And, yeah, oh, wow. That sounds stuff. cool. Yeah, and I so think I did you went that. to see Karl Marx's grave as well. You sent me a little picture. Oh, yeah, and I went to Highgate Cemetery in London and I saw yes. Karl Marx's grave and Douglas Adams' grave and Jeremy Beadle's grave. Oh, wow. Okay. That's... <laughs> the the, the I... triumvirate of yes. Highgate Cemetery. I think... Did you go to both parts? Because I've only been to... Yes, the I went one... to... Ah, yeah. Ah. So there's the east and the west part. Yeah. And the west part is the old part, where the, the Victorian part. Ah. Um, most of the famous people are in the east part, the more modern bit, but the older part is the Victorian part, and that's really gothic. And they used it in loads of films in the in the fifties and sixties because yeah. it's all kind of old fashioned and haunted. And there's all these huge Victorian graves with Egyptian style because <gasps> oh, they were the Victorians yeah. are really obsessed with ancient Egypt, and it was really fashionable. So a mm-hmm. lot of the graves have got these Egyptian style sculptures and shapes on them and stuff. That's quite exciting. That's cool. I hate cemetery. Yeah. I and, love the uh, cemetery. I find oh, yeah. them very soothing. Circle of life, all of that. There's some really good ones. Yeah, no. So I'm definitely mm. a big cemetery fan myself. Good. <laughs> anyway, onto life. I suppose we're going to have to talk <laughs> about the news. I've oh, well, been well, we could also. It. Well, you said I, I was eating a gummy bear. And yes. why was I eating a gummy bear? <laughs> We got a gift. We got a gift from... So we've got to thank our patron, Glenn. Yeah. For these lovely gummy bears and the mega cans that we're about to drink, which are from Tokyo. I'm so excited. Yeah. There's a Suntory highball and a grapefruit something. I I can only read grapefruit. Well, the picture of a grapefruit is also a By which I mean... The picture. I obviously don't know what grapefruit is in Japanese, so I'm just looking uh, yeah. at the picture of grapefruit. So, which one would you? Like? I'll have the Suntory highball, okay. please. There you go. Thank you. 
Oh, <laughs> very nice and cold. All right, Glenn, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Our very, very generous benefactor. And if you would like to also be very generous, you can go to our Patreon. Yeah, Patreon forward slash Megan's Mega Can. Yeah. And uh, if not, you can just keep reading. This, sorry, the can is textured. It's got mm. a little triangles kind of thing. Oh, Yeah, mine has got that too. Oh, Mine's got these God. sort of, these triangles, like little arrows. Okay, Maybe cheers. Cheers. Oh, I can smell the grapefruit from here. Oh, that's great. Oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> The thing about the Japanese ones is they're not as sweet, isn't it? No. They're, they're, they're a bit more, they're not slightly healthier. This is absolutely delicious. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, it just tastes of grapefruit juice. Yeah. I don't think I would... Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, it's excellent. Glenn, this highball. you absolute legend. <laughs> I do think, because we did have our big mega can taste test, and it was a Japanese one that, that won, mm. I think. So, yeah. It does make me want to go to Japan in a way that I didn't want to before, <laughs> which makes me feel both kind of excited and also why does it take a cocktail and a can for me to want to go to one of the most exciting <laughs> cultures or places to visit in the world? Well, yeah. Oh, I don't know. All don't right. Know. In other news, we have a live show coming up. Yeah. Tell the people what's happening because it's doubly but... exciting for us because... Well, it's the Podfest Berlin Yes. in October. We're going to be on October 15th. Three days in the noisy rooms in Friedrichshain. And the, yeah, if you, I'll put the ticket link in the show notes, but you can go. There's loads of really good podcasts on that whole weekend. It's and a really fun atmosphere. I always love a festival because you can just, there's always stuff on and you can just pop into rooms and everyone is very nice. And also the podcast crowd... We're probably the rowdiest. <laughs> Everyone is just nice and friendly yeah. and polite and no one's going to be sick on you. I don't know, maybe no. I, yeah. No, I don't think anyone, no, no, no very little puke. <laughs> very little at, puke. Uh, at the, at the podfest. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to be showing my movie as well while we're Yay! there. So that'll be good. And so we're going to have a screening, I think, of your film and then we're going to have a... Yeah, talk live about... recording of the podcast. Sorry, I've been yeah. giving these gummy bears. Glenn also <laughs> sent lots of yummy gummy bears on packet two of three, which I'm going to eat. Maybe a fourth. Who can tell? I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so come and see us on the 15th of October. We would love to see your faces. Yes. Great. Yeah. So, news. So, on my list, I have Podfest and then thank Glenn. <laughs> And then I have more fucking Nazis as our first point of business. Because, of course it is. Yeah. So, so have you been following this, the news with Sadly, the Nazis? Because yes. we talked about him recently, Hubert Ivanger, head of the Freie Wähler, Free Voters, which mm -hmm. is a national party, but it is only politically relevant in Bavaria, yeah. where, it is, where, where it is part of the government at the I moment. don't think I'd realised that about the Freie Wähler for what? some reason, even though you've probably told me this before. Oh. I knew of them. Yeah, so... So it's a weird little party because they started out in the 60s. They were actually founded in the 60s, but they only ever fielded candidates in local council elections. So they're only ever a really tiny little party for local. And they wanted to 
that to be their thing. They didn't. They never wanted to have be a national party. They never wanted to be, even be a state party. They just always wanted to be in in for local councils because it was supposed to be for local people. It was local politics for local people. And uh, only recently, partly thanks to Hubert Aiwanger, have they become more ambitious. Mm. And it was only only in the last ten fifteen years. When and they started to become more, started to field more candidates, and he kind of they started to put together a more coherent ideology and whatever. And now Hubert Ivanger is this dominant figure in them, and he is he's made. I think they get about ten, fifteen percent in in votes in Bavaria, but that is enough because they are in coalition with the CSU, who now need coalition partners because they can't get enough votes. So and they're very kind of close. Their policies are pretty close to CSU. They're basically a centre right populist party veering off slightly towards the AFD yeah but yeah and uh, so we mentioned him before and then a funny thing happened last week <laughs> when the Süddeutsche Zeitung revealed a well, a leaflet I don't know what you'd call it a flukblatt a flyer that yeah. had allegedly been typewritten in 1987 when Hubert was 17 years old and circulated in his school, and it was it was virulent, anti-Semitic. It couldn't have been worse. It was basically full of Holocaust jokes, Auschwitz jokes, Dachau jokes, and it was typed out. And what apparently happened was that the his former teacher, so he was punished at the time. So a former teacher of his was so pissed off about the speeches that Hubert Ivanger has been given that he just I was handed. Wondering the- how this came to fucking teachers. Yes. <laughs> So he, this was what I was thinking about this story. I want to talk to the teachers at the time because they will have some thoughts on this child and now man. Well, yeah, so he, so this teacher apparently leaked it to the Süddeutsche Zeitung, which is a, a liberal paper based in Munich, national paper, but it's based in Munich. And yeah, they made a huge story about it and it caused a bit of a scandal last week because and apparently... This had sort of been circular. Like, there were a lot of rumours about Ivanger in his teenage years. And the story was that he had been punished at the time for this flukeblatt. So it was found in his school bag. And he denies having written it, but he admits that it was found in his school bag. After he was asked to comment by the Süddeutsche Zeitung and he refused. So, But then after the story came out, he did come, he did speak to the press and he said that my brother wrote it, and here's my brother. His brother Helmut Ivanger. He's a year older, still lives in the little town. He owns a rifle and hunting shop, and they. Uh, Great! I'm glad these people are armed. <laughs> it's very, it very Bavarian. Well, there is a bit of a story this about is that too. Such a too. fucking Bavarian story. I can't even. <laughs> so, and if it's one yeah. thing Bavaria loves. <laughs> so, so there. Yeah, so Helmut said, "I wrote it. It wasn't anything to do with my brother." And, of course, it was a bit of a problem for our friend Marcus Zöder, mm-hmm. who, because Bavaria is in the middle of an election campaign, there's an election yeah. coming in at the beginning of October, and so his deputy, Hubert Ivanger, who is also the deputy state premier, is both his ally, because they're in coalition together, but also his opponent in the election. So he's have to, he, the CSU is in this sort of balancing mm. position where he can't, like, he would probably have liked to sack him because he wants to beat him in the election, but he also kind of needs the free voters because he wants to keep that coalition government going. Yeah. 
Otherwise, he'll have, have to... have to go into coalition with someone who would be more controversial. The dreaded Greens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Marcus Soto's worst nightmare. Better the yeah. anti-Semites than the, the Greens. Yeah. So he had this sort of... What did he do? What did Marcus Soto do? He decided, this is really, really bad. But I, you, he demanded that Ivanga answer 25 questions. What is this trend? Is this a thing that they do in Germany? Because I've only noticed this in the last couple of years of parties and politicians sending other parties. The, the FDP did it about the... the with Habeck's law recently, didn't they? The heating thing, they sent them a whole load of questions that they had to oh, answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, what, a, what is this? What Why is are we going all school days all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know. I think they would. They want to. They want to show that they're doing something, that they're criticizing something, but also want to, you know, but they want to leave the. I don't know the, the chance they wanted to give. He wanted to give Ivanga a chance to kind of answer and explain himself, you know. So he sent these twenty-five questions secretly. They were not published. He just said, "I am sending these twenty-five questions," and then at the weekend, which was last Sunday, I will decide whether to sack him or not. And based on the answers to these 25 questions, which were then published on Sunday, and, and after Zerda had given in uh, a press conference in which he said, I've decided not to sack him, which is what everyone was expecting. I mean, it would have been a, more of a surprise if he had sacked him mm. because of the you know, kind of the political fallout from that would have been even bigger. And uh, yeah, so now, and the questions, I don't know if you've seen them. I've sort of read commentary about them in that it's kind of when sometimes in school you'll give a student uh, if they've been sent out of class or whatever a reflection sheet and they just write things like yeah I was just doing nothing and then the teacher (laughs) sent me out of the room for doing nothing and also this other person so I don't know exactly what he said, but not very much. But generally, that is from what I understand of the brief stuff I've looked at. That's kind of been Ivanger's whole vibe. Like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Either he's like, I can't remember anything or stop picking on me. Why are you all picking on me? This is a witch hunt. Nothing good. Yeah. I mean, you summed it up best when you said he said, fuck you. I mean, that was, <laughs> that's all he wrote in these 25 questions. He just kept writing... I can't remember. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. For example, one of the questions was, what did you think when... Question 10. Were you surprised when you saw this flyer for the first time? And how did you evaluate it when that at the time? And he said, I was shocked. <laughs> that was oh his God, answer. I was such a fucking teenage... <laughs> Well, this is a 52-year-old man. Well, it's uh, interesting from a psychological perspective. I don't really care about his psychological growth. That's not my job in the world. My job is to get drunk and shout about German politicians. It's not really my job, but, you know, Glenn sending us the videos <laughs> to do that. But it's almost like he's reverted to exactly how he must have responded at that moment when he was 17. And that kind of happens, doesn't it, with traumatic... Just to pop psychologise here, traumatic events, you go back into this... But fucking hell, it's not a good look on a politician, is it? No. And the other thing is, do you know what Helmut... What his explanation was for... This is the brother, for why he wrote this. So they said, I wrote this when I was 17. And the explanation was because I was really angry at this school for dropping me a year. So they'd failed him a year and he had to drop down, 
one and he said i was so angry at the school that i wrote this virulent anti-semitic thing about making jokes about the holocaust and um question 12 to who but was why why if you're angry at the school would you write this racist awful racist stuff and and he just said i did not help to write this flyer and so i don't know <laughs> you know that was the that's the sort of tenure and it kind of well a it says it's terrible i mean it's terrible because you know a lot of the jewish community in germany has been very angry about this yeah. a lot of people are saying these 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 answers are not good enough the there's the anti-semitism commissioner of the government said he's called felix klein he said that this these answers and this failure to you know reckon with your own mm-hmm. confront your own past which is something that germany is very you know is, is supposed to be very proud of and yeah. supposed to be part of its thing is that it can it can confront its past and it can do everything it can to 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 uncover the crimes of the holocaust and all this other stuff and to uncover the 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 thoughts the thought processes but it, it's all this this the, these answers to this question kind of reveal that that was all bullshit you know that, that all this stuff about vergangenheitsbewältigung mm-hmm. he hasn't shown any vergangenheitsbewältigung in this That's and he's overcoming the past <laughs> but like overcoming like coming to yeah yeah co- doing exactly what you said yeah you know taking responsibility for your actions and confronting the past and 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 understanding how you got there you know it's sort yeah. of this sort of this idea of what, which is something that germany sort of staked its international reputation on in a way and and a lot of people still believe it about Germany, and it, it kind of yeah. just really shows that he's not—he's just not sorry. He's not sorry, and he's no. never—he—and he—and he—he gave one of those apologies where he said, "You know, I'm sorry if you were offended." Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry you were upset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which actually, I mean, and also for the at first he denied it. This is the other thing. He, the, the the pattern's really I'm similar. Have to we go into my third bag of gummy bears. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So the pattern is very familiar with all these scandals. It's because it's, you know, the rule is always you never get done for the scandal itself. You always get done for denying it. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the, at first he said, oh, I didn't write it. It wasn't anything to do with me. And then it come, and people got sort of angrier and angrier. And then eventually he said, oh, OK, I'm sorry that you were offended. And I'll try and do better. You know, it's kind of like grudging. It's this kind of grudging thing, which is actually very similar because it happened in the same week with the whole thing with the Spanish FA guy. You might have followed. Don't I did. There's not enough mega cans in the <laughs> okay. fucking world for but me it, to have that conversation with Mike. No one wants that. Okay. No. But it was exactly the same pattern. It was always this sort of oh, yeah. deny, deny, yeah. and then and then go. Okay, I'm a bit sorry. And then so, <sighs> and it's really and yeah. And now he gave a speech at the Gillamorse. Do you know about the Gillamorse? <laughs> so. So from what I understand. And just the whole fucking horrible optics of this scandal. So it's Bavaria, first of all, which is, you know, where Hitler started his whole thing. So there's that. It's sort of the most traditionalist. It's really kind of the German when people, particularly abroad, think of German. All of that stuff. It's also Oktoberfest at the moment or coming that kind of time, isn't it? Yeah, so Oktoberfest starts in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, But it's the beer fest time, and this fucking Gillamos, which I didn't know about until now, (laughs) is some fucking Volksfest, which is a 
a fair that's still quite a big thing, particularly in certain areas of Germany where there's usually a fair and beer tents. And in Bavaria, everyone will probably be wearing traditional there's a, there's a, yeah. dress. There's a wood cutting competition. I... <laughs> Soaring wood as the fast thing as is, you can. Lovely. Have all of that. But this Guillermo seems to have some kind of where all the politicians go and then they do speeches. Yeah. So the Why? Monday morning. So it's a five day festival. On the Monday morning, it's the Frühschoppen, which uh, is yeah. the word for having one early where everyone just starts drinking in the morning. All of this I support. <laughs> it's just. We have to untangle it from Nazis, Germany. I don't understand. Anyway, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but tell me more about Gilles Moos. On the Monday morning, the, all the politicians descend on this little town in Ugh. Bavaria and in, in, in the middle of all the beer tents, and each party has its own beer tent, and they all give speeches simultaneously. That's the unusual thing. All the different parties, and you can choose which party you go to. And so you have, the, you have all the parties there. You have the AFD there. You have the FDP hold on, there. Hold on. Can we go? You want to go to the Gillamos? Can we go next year on the Megacan? <laughs> sure, we can have a Mega Gillamos. Yeah, we can. When else are we going to be able to have access to these fuckers and also be able to drink at the same time, which is the yeah. only time I will be able to fucking countenance them? So, yeah, of course, we can always go. Yeah, It's oh an ancient. I actually read about it's an It's an ancient Catholic tradition. Of course it is. They're named after St. Giles, who was a. A hermit in the woods in southern France. That's just I just read. So they have a big party and just do all of these simultaneous <laughs> speeches. And Giles is like, "This is exactly what I hate." So Iwanga gave his speech, and that was obviously after, after this weekend where he'd not been sacked by Zerda. Everyone was, it was highly anticipated, and obviously he was very belligerent. And he said, "Look, I've won. The 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 left liberal media did not defeat me by beating, you know, by by revealing this flugblatt, and it was bollocks anyway." And he was all kind of not sorry. And you know, he was very, he was very. And then he just started laying into the Green Party and whatever he normally does, which we really, uh, talked about. Yeah, and Zerda gave a speech, and also Friedrich Merz gave a speech. Would you like to know what Friedrich Merz said? No, but I suppose you have to tell me. <laughs> uh, the purposes of why we're here. So he had a little section where he talked about the media and he said the media's responsibility mm. is to um, reflect opinions from all sides. And uh, he said, I, I, and I especially want to address not just the private media, but also the public media. And then he said this line, which was, um, because... Kreuzberg is not Germany. Gillemors is Germany. <laughs> well, Friedrich, my friend, we are going to bring our not Germany independent news, whatever the fuck this is, to fucking... No, we're fucking going, Conrad. That's it. Let's go. I'm going to book I'm gonna book the train. I don't give a fuck. Fucking Kreuzberg is not Germany. Gillemors is Germany. But... It needs to reflect all sides, but also I'm going to make it very clear which side. Hmm. You can't say it needs to be all sides and then say, not that side, though. Because <laughs> what you're saying, Matt, is it's just one side. What the yeah. fuck? So, little, little... We're recording this in Kreuzberg, by the way, if anyone yeah. doesn't, doesn't know, which is, yeah. Well, the little did we know, we are public enemy 
number one for Friedrich Merz. He, he's, this is what we are exactly the people that he's thinking about when he's talking about the yeah. left liberal media in Kreuzberg. That is us. Class. <laughs> Delighted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Oh, God. So, yeah, so that's the Guillemots. And, oh, yeah, I should talk about Zerda's speech. It wasn't at the Guillemots, but he also did a speech in which he he was, he because when in which he was criticising Zerda, not Zerda, criticising Ivanger, and he said, what I've noticed is that there are a lot of the politicians who, they have a, basically, he said they have a big mouth when they tour around the country doing speeches, but when they come to Munich and they have to deal with me, they get a lot more quiet. And when he did, <laughs> fucking Marcus, wind your fucking um, neck in. And he was obviously talking about his rivalry with his deputy Hubert Ivanger, and he was obviously, and he did a kind of impression. Now he did this sort of, he did, he did this. <laughs> I can't do the voice, but he was doing this impression of. He didn't name him, but it was clear that he was trying to do Hubert Ivanger, and he and he sort of did this sort of, I will change everything in Munich, and that, and. People listened to that and said, hang on, you were doing a Hitler voice. <laughs> Are you saying that Hubert Ivanger is Hitler? And then he was like, oh, no, no, obviously not. That's absurd, you know? So that was quite funny. You can't, yeah. So oh. I thought it was funny. Anyway. Okay, so... We've talked about all this quite a long time. We still have to talk about I know. The, uh, the other stuff. So meanwhile, in... There's two things on okay. this. One... And both of them are worrying. So, first of all, this is so fucking boring. Because all we do... It's the same... You said it's the same fucking playbook from these people. And also this media hand-wringing around Ivanger and everyone... Oh, that's terrible. As soon as someone makes an Auschwitz joke, it's like... Oh, my God! We're Germany! We can't have that! And you read their fucking Wahlprogramm. They're the second... They're in government in one of the massive fucking Bundesländer in Germany. They govern over fucking millions of people, right? Their fucking manifesto is just the most right-wing bullshit nonsense. They want to support German minorities abroad. Hmm. And up their profile in these Eastern Europe... In What?! More Germany and Eastern Europe? It's it's not surprising. These people are... And track it back, of course they were the assholes making Holocaust jokes in school. It... Yeah. We need to get better at this. Just... And stop doing it in this. And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen very genuinely a lot of the time. And I think that Germany, the institutions that are working towards that should be rightly proud of that. But I think there has always been, and this is my second thing, which fucking concerns me, from almost the minute that, like, the fucking thing was whatever happened in 1945, there has been a group of people for whom there weren't really consequences or it wasn't, it was somehow you could get around it and it is then playing into the idea of men particularly from a certain generation white cis heterosexual men they just net they just never have to face up to any of this mm. i don't know and it sucks and i'm bored talking about it and then they all put on their fucking lederhosen and then go and rant about people in kreuzberg we're the fucking problem 
It's mm. fucking boring. And I don't know what it's going to take for them because they're just, it's so obvious they're not doing any of the anti-racist work that other people are trying to do. Yeah, well, that's that was exactly what Felix Klein, the anti-Semitism yeah. commissioner, said. He said that this has this sets this kind of thing sets Germany back when it's when you know all the schools the and all the yeah. all the memorials that are trying to do work to yeah. bring people, you know, educate people about the Holocaust. It's like this kind of and like say when, when you you know sorry yeah, yeah. and, and say so you're teaching the next generation of these fuckers right, and you're in one of these schools where teachers have had to leave because they've been bullied out of it basically by students who won't listen to their anti-racist teaching basically what hope do you have when you still get to be in government and not only did you do something dumb when you were 17 but your apology for that is fuck you fucking liberals shut the fuck up I'm going to the beer tent Exactly. what hope have we got it's a good question. <laughs> well, meanwhile, in Berlin, a, a bit closer to Kreuzberg, <laughs> the German government presented its uh, budget today. Did it? Thanks to our finance minister, Christian Lindner of the good. FDP. Good lad. And, yeah, so <laughs> the... Th- <laughs> what, the what, what do you think the tenure of this budget was? The tenure? The tenor. Tenor. The tenor um, of this budget was. Mm, I know it's been quite... Considering who Christian Lindner is, what do you think his main... Oh, God. We need to save money or something and we're not going to yeah. raise taxes, particularly not on rich people, and <laughs> more money to the Autobahn? It's so predictable. You don't even need to read the news, do you? You no. can just guess what he's going to say. Exactly. So, yeah, so... <laughs> so, Christian Lindner has, has made a big thing of this debt break... And he is going to be the finance minister who keeps Germany's debt break, which is a constitutionally enshrined rule which says that Germany can't borrow more than this and this amount of money, you know. And he's done it in this budget. He's presented this draft budget to Parliament today and they don't want to spend any money. And all these different departments have had to cut their budgets. So there's loads less money for benefits, for loads of other things. But there's not less money for... Have a guess. What? What? Where did we not save money? Autobahn? Mm, uh, close. <laughs> warm, warmer. Uh, <laughs> I think it's not all. Yeah, so the... It's defence. Oh, great guns. Yeah, so the defence budget has uh, gone up, but only slightly, not as by as much as the defence minister would have liked. Mm. Anyway... So everything else has been cut, and this is a kind of a bit of a problem because this coalition government, we've got SPD, Greens, and FDP in power. The smallest of those parties is the FDP, but they do have the finance ministry, so that means they have control of all of that fucker. So he got to be the kingmaker, didn't he? (laughs) Oh, cock of the walk he was back when they. The election happened. And it's become, this this coalition has become a bit kind of bad relationship because you can tell they don't know each other and they keep blocking each other's laws now. So... Yeah. Uh, one of the Green Party's big things was they wanted to bring in this kinder... Oh, I knew I'd get it wrong. Oh, I wrote it down. Grund, Grundsicherung. Kinder Grundsicherung. Kinder Grundsicherung. Yeah. So a basic, it's basically kind of a basic income for children. Mm-hmm. So 
all children are guaranteed a certain amount of money and it's more than the kindergarten is what you have now parents get this kindergarten now and it's more than that and it's supposed to be because germany still has quite a high rate of child poverty mm-hmm. and they wanted to bring this in and it was the green party thing and the family minister whose policy there was this because she's called lisa Paus. she wanted 12 billion from the new budget and she got 2.4 billion hey. <laughs> and which is not enough and 12 billion some of the charities and people that do these work on this work with poor people in germany they kind of say well even 12 billion wouldn't have been enough but yeah under christian linda's new budget and she was kind of pissed off about this at first and she was going to block the fdp's she was going to veto the fdp's um Chancen Gesetz. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't try and do the long German words towards the end of the podcast. Yes, it's tricky. <laughs> I think I. What is it called? Oh my god! I don't know. Chancenwachstumsgesetz. Oh Jesus! Was it Wachstumschancengesetz? No, Chancenwachstumsgesetz. So it's opportunity for growth law. Yeah. So they were going to bring this in. And they ha- they probably will bring this in now, but it was kind of agreed between Beck and Lindner. Havik's the deputy prime minister, also the Green Party, and they kind of negotiated this law between them, that which was going to make things easier for businesses, right? Yes, and then and Lisa Powell have said, like stuff in it yeah. if they're going to do sustainable shit within yeah. their business or whatever, or make it more green. So. Or brown. Yeah, so now she was going to block his law and then she didn't block his law. And it was basically they're just always arguing. Mm. And this is the impression that a lot of Germans have, which is why the government is very unpopular at the moment. It's because they get the feeling that they're all just arguing and nothing is actually happening. And the SPD under Olaf Scholz is doing nothing. It's just sort of basically, you know, giving the impression of sort of doing nothing. So, yeah, the current government is really in a bad way. And, they're and are up. they doing nothing or is it no they're not doing nothing they're doing something they're doing what they can but it it's becoming increasingly clear that you can't that what the the green party and the spd want to do is not possible if the fdp is in their government it's becoming every time they bring in something they want to do yeah, like this but the you child... shouldn't form a coalition with a shower of cunts <laughs> Yeah, Shara exactly. business cunts. The worst <laughs> kind of cunt. Well, no, sorry, the Nazis are the worst, but they're down yeah. in Bayern, so it's it's yeah. fine. And in Berlin, we haven't managed to get. Oh Jesus! All right, well. So uh, certain things are being cut. Uh, so we're not getting Kindergrundsicherung. They've reformed the Kindergeld thing, haven't they? To make yeah. It- so it will come in at the beginning of 2025, the new Kindergrundsicherung, and it mm-hmm. will be more than what is currently so it is it is more money but and the other thing that they've done is they've they've increased the burger geld yes so that I don't was, know what that is you know what the burger geld okay no well it used to be called hearts fear it's basically ah, okay okay unemployment yeah unemployment okay. benefit and they've renamed it uh burger geld citizens money mm-hmm. and they've increased it and they've and they've increased it quicker because inflation is just so high mm-hmm. so food is really expensive yeah and they've increased it better so that's the only thing they've done is increased it quicker than they normally would have done but they kind of had to because inflation was so high um yeah so that was um, sort of <laughs> that's all the budget news <laughs> oh well i'm depressed and so now it's going to be debated the whole of this week in the parliament, and then it's going to go into the 
the and they have more negotiations and it's finally going to be concluded in december this is the budget for next year 2024 okay so they do that then yeah great i think that is got that to look forward to little christmas present (laughs) anything else you'd like to talk about no i think that's it yeah i what do you do with the ftp though because they're just these wild they're gonna just they're not reasonable people i don't think (laughs) well they have a problem because no one wants to vote for them they (laughs) they keep losing all the elections so their problem because their their core voters and they don't even have that many core voters anymore but their core voters only vote for them because they are rich and they want to keep you know they want to they they believe they're neoliberals they want to believe in, in growth and so their core voters are um you know just neoliberals yeah. <laughs> i don't know and so they you know they, they, the market will regulate everything and all that stuff and their problem is that they keep losing voters so they keep trying to appeal to these core voters to stop them leaving them and now they'll probably they might really lose the next election mm. they might go they might drop out of the parliament yeah in the next election so that's why christian linda's doing all this stuff and why they keep blocking things and yeah so it was, it was quite funny. I watched quite a lot of the debate today and this, the CDU and the CSU were really, this is, this, they were just like poking their finger in the wound, you know? They were just like saying, you're not really in the same, you, you know, you don't, you're, not, you're not really in this government, are you? You're actually just trying to do your own thing. And uh, why don't you join coalition with us, they were saying, you know? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I, I'm afraid I haven't got any happy well, news from I'm the budget. Well, I'm delighted we're back. This mega can, however, is absolutely delightful. It's yeah. technically, because it's 5%, not a mega can, but I think because it's come all the way from Japan, it's allowed. It's also fucking delicious. Oh, yeah. This is, I'm really enjoying my highball. It's nice because it's, it's not overly sweet. It's really grapefruity, which is delicious. And if no one told me there was alcohol in it, I would just be going around my day feeling like a mild buzz and it would be good. Oh, yeah. So what I need is exactly this can with all the Japanese because I can't read it. And then the alcohol thing not on it. So I can just like, accidentally have one for breakfast and have a much better day. Put it in your packed lunch. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, is... I would like to leave with my quote of the week, which is considering the context of, you know, Nazism, which should be at the forefront of Marcus Söder's mind... He today, I think, or yesterday in this whatever speech, or he wasn't at Gillemos, but he made this speech. And he said that the current government is the worst that Germany, not the Bundesrepublik, not the Germany since 1948, he said that Germany has ever had. Mm. Thanks, Marcus. (laughs) He just doesn't give a shit. No. I think we have this idea, and this is not. This is something that I heard in another podcast that the politicians have it somehow figured out, and some of them probably do. But it's just like any other workplace, except that this is really important because yeah, because people's lives depend on it. Exactly, and you know, it's not just like oh yeah, he's a bit strange. Oh, the IT guy. Ooh. <laughs> It's a bit awkward at the end of the day when you have to talk to him. Or so-and-so who just doesn't give a shit. And is... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, we could fill quite a lot of podcasts with quotes from Marco Zerda oh. and other people. Mm. But that's that's where we are now. Yeah. Anyway. Right. It is nice to be back. It's, it's nice to see to you back. again. And uh, we'll speak anon. We will. And hopefully see everybody on the 15th. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.